Hey all, this is The Beard, welcoming you back to episode 200. This is going to be part two, an interview done at Wicked Wart in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, with none other than the king of Throwdown Venom, whose long career as Venom is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean that that's the end of the road for the man behind the gimmick. We're going to sit down and talk about what that means, what his last 15 years have meant in the Minnesota independent wrestling scene, and maybe speculate a little bit about what's next. So sit back, enjoy the interview, and we'll see you for part three of episode 200 on Friday. Hey, this is Heel Turn Radio. We're back. We're recording live here at Wicked Ward in Robbinsdale, Minnesota with the king of throwdown, Venom. At the very end of the road, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, one of the uh, longest tenured careers currently uh, in the state of Minnesota and uh, what's next. So, Venom, welcome back. Hey, good to be back. Uh, Did I have beer this time? Yeah. Instead of a meatball hoagie. The meatball hoagie was... Pretty outstanding. Yeah, I think did I think if I remember correctly, I had to wrestle thirty minute Ironman match after yep. that. And you yeah. you did uh, meatball hoagie. I can't remember what I got. Six percent. Oh yeah, I think that I think that we ended up getting like a thing of fries, and we thought it was going to be like oh, a side of fries, and it ended up being a platter. Well, I'm here to tell you <laughs> that meatball hoagie and a thirty minute Ironman match crushed my soul. <laughs> And my toilet later on. <laughs> sorry, uh, coming out, coming out, coming out of the coming gate out, with, coming with out. poop jokes. Yeah, sorry, battleground. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Darren Corman. <laughs> you know, Robin Robin Steele's favorite son, adopted son, I guess. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you recently shared with uh, with everyone that you're hanging up as Venom. Uh, have been sharing a ton of fun matches. If you're not following Venom on his social media on Facebook. You've been sharing matches and photos of the Minnesota Mafia, and it's been super fun to like relive a lot of those moments. Yeah, there. I actually just shared one of the Mafia. Nice. Uh, I think we were in Williston. Yeah, I got a bunch of pictures that I've never really uh, shared, so I'm just throwing them out there just just for fun, you know? It's awesome. I mean, so, I mean, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, we got the origin story of, of Rob James. We got the origin story of Venom. Um, but I thought maybe we could kind of look back at some of these things. It's Like I said, it's been so fun to see all the videos and photos and stuff that you've been posting. Cause, I mean, you've, you've been through, I think, two of the big transitions in, in like Minnesota wrestling. That kind of, uh, the kind of pre-Shifty Sheriff era, you know, um, some backyard wrestling translating in to, you know, the kind of 
era where you know you guys and Darren Corbin and Cruz and Cannon were wrestling a lot to mm-hmm. this kind of new era, and so you've seen like the. Uh, so it started in right here in Robbinsdale. Yeah. Uh, many many years ago, I think '99 is when we started here, and uh, yeah, it's been a geez, it's a blink of an eye, and it's been <laughs> fifth, not 14, 15 years almost. Wow. Since since officially started on the Minnesota scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the last couple years, is just some things have changed. and You know, I the last time we talked, I was starting a new job and career yeah. career change, kind of, and that's been going well, but it, uh, a lot of uh, family stuff happened, you yeah. know, health-wise and stuff like that. So, you know, I thought it was, it's been a rough couple years just wrestling-wise. I haven't had, you know, time and yeah. availability. And, you know, I know, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe... Right when I started, uh, June of 2017, I had to cancel a bunch of shows because yeah. uh, the job schedule is, you know, you start this job, and I didn't have, t- I, they don't let you take time off for a year. Yeah. So I just had to wrestle when I was available. So I uh, I don't know if I burned bridges, or, but I think I, I became a little more unreliable than I like to be. Sure. So... I, as this is going to be a common theme in this podcast, <laughs> is that I am my own worst critic, and I hold myself to a very high standard. So, yeah. when I started becoming uh, unreliable to bookers, that's when it became uh, a little in my in the back of my mind that maybe it's it's time to move on to something else. But yeah, you know, I, I've, I've wrestled back and forth with that. So, I mean, I think that. One of the, I mean, one of the things we're really happy about, you know, this being episode 200 is for the 100th episode we did three parts and we tried to really touch on some some global stuff and some national stuff and then really local stuff because that's like where our heart is and and uh, so for part this is part two part one we actually talked with Mike Quackenbush from Shakara and, and he said you know we talked about kind of the uh, the joy of being able to book in a vacuum but that just doesn't happen you know he said even if he sent out a message ahead of time but even you know the afternoon of and said hey you know we need an all hands on deck meeting you know you have 50 60 people that are involved in a show you can't do that you can't expect everybody to do it and so you know people live real lives and and you know as fans we often aren't privy to that i mean i think that doing the podcast we've been lucky enough to to meet uh, you know some of the the workers and able to kind of you know peel back the curtain a little bit but uh, I mean ultimately the the, the joke is always uh, you know we say real life is more important than wrestle life or real life is more important than you know uh, you know anything else in it and you know and that's and yeah that's it that's something that I've always tried to live by you know like I have life goals yeah. and some guys have life goals that involve wrestling that, yeah. you know but since I've started this, so here's the thing. When I started, it was unconventional way to go about getting on the NBC. I don't recommend anybody doing that. We've already talked about yeah, yeah. and covered that. But I was told for so long that I'm shit, that yeah. I was shit. Yeah. You know, you didn't do it right, you're shit. Yeah. And I wasn't accepted for a long time. So at the beginning of my career, I, b- I started believing it. And so I didn't have as much confidence going in. Like the guys that are coming out now, holy shit. Like these guys hit the ground running. They come in hot and, and yeah. you know. They're everywhere, yeah. and that's great. And I wish, I wish that maybe I didn't believe that I was shit. Yeah. And you know, it took a, it took a few years for me to believe, like, hey, if I was shit. 
why am I on these shows? Yeah. Why, why am I, I doing it? And, and unfortunately, that's just the way it, it worked with me starting out is that, you know, for the first five years, I thought I'm lucky. Yeah. And, and I was lucky, but I thought I'm lucky to even be wrestling. I'm not, I don't. And then after that, I started really feeling like, hey, I belong here. Yeah. And screw anybody else yeah. who who says otherwise. And then, you know, I think 2000, like I wrote in the post when I announced that I was hanging up Venom. Uh, I think 2015 and 16, maybe the end of 14, is when I started hitting my stride and hitting yeah. the ground running. And it sucks that it happened so late. But, you know, so that's just what happened with me. And yeah. I've always been very aware of where I sit and where I stand. And I think that helped me. But at, at the same time, at the time I think it might have hurt me. Sure. I, I kind of wish that, like, so many guys on the scene... Uh, well, I don't know about now, but back when I started, I wish I had a little bit of delusion in my brain because <laughs> maybe I would have got out and, but uh, as far going back to the real life stuff, you know, had a kid five years into my wrestling career and I had to, you know, decide what was more important. Yeah. And, you know, the day she was born, I left the hospital and did a wrestling show yeah. in uh, Brooklyn Center for BCW. And I felt... The feeling I felt when I got back to the hospital after that, I never wanted to feel again. I felt like I, you know, the day my daughter's born, I leave and go wrestle, and that was hard for me to swallow. Yeah. And ever since then, I tried to have my priorities and my shit together, and then my, you know, but. So then after, you know, 2016, you know, I'm meeting my fiance. And a first wrestling show at Wrestlepalooza 5, by the way. So wrestling did give me that. I, uh, we, we made some goals. Yeah. And I was, it was very important to me to stick with them. And uh, unfortunately, wrestling kind of took a backseat to them. But I'm happy to say that I'm hitting, I'm hit, we're hitting the goals. And we That's have, awesome. We have a few more to, to go. But yeah. So. I, so, I mean, I'm always really fascinated by that because I think that... Um, you know, when you have these watershed moments where, where something really changes, you know, you mentioned that at a certain point you were just like, you looked around and you were like, well, fuck, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be getting booked or I wouldn't have a storyline, right? I'd just be a guy they bring in and, and, and whatever, you know, but I mean, I think that for, for a number of promotions, Venom was someone that they could rely on to carry a program, whether that's in the mid-card, whether it's in the title scene. You know, I think that Battleground's always been a very great place for, for Venom to shine, but, you know, you had great uh, shows, great matches with First Wrestling, um, like you mentioned, BCW. I mean, I think that there's, as the transition to some of these promotions kind of fell away, I mean, when was the moment where you, you did kind of look around, and was there something, was there a show or, or a person that, that you kind of had that moment with where you kind of just said, all right, like from this point on, you know, kind of like making those goals, you said like kind of from this point on, like Venom's just going to be the badass that Venom is and like I'm just going to go out there, I'm just going to rip it up, like because I don't need to, I don't need to worry about what everybody else, you know, yeah. or what I think everybody else says. Yep, I think if I can look, look back, I think it was a combination of things, but I think it was... MPW closing and them joining up with NIW. Yeah. And then, you know, for a while there, I was having matches with just the NIW guys. Yeah. And then when I started actually working with Ryan Cruz, Darren mm -hmm. Corbin, 
and uh, you know guys like Kid Crazy and being around all those yeah. guys, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, like I'm actually one of the guys that listens and wants to ask questions, and these guys want to help me. So I think I had a match in, gosh, it must have been 2006, where I think it was me and Brett O'Brien one, as one-on-one proof very early on against Ryan Corbin and Derek. Uh, Ryan Corbin, Jesus. I've only, <laughs> Corbin had, a, Cruz, yeah. I've only had a half a beer. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Cruz and Darren Corbin, yeah. the North Star Express. And it was in Amory. And I was, we were both out of our league. You know, yeah. even with Cruz and Corbin being so young back then, we were, but we hung with them. And I think we, we were there for everything and we followed. And, you know, that told me, hey, I can do this at a better level than I'm doing it. Yeah. So that made me want to improve. Sure. Like, I wanted to wrestle everybody from that came in from MPW. Guys like, you know, Kid Crazy, uh, Joey Envy, yeah. uh, Eric Cannon, um, Ben Saylor, all those guys, you know. And I think that was the first time that I thought, oh, hey, you know, I'm not going to be a fucking yarder forever. So <laughs> these guys are actually going to, you know, teach me. Yeah. But uh, as far as what you said, carry a program and stuff, I think. 2009 in Minot, uh, they turned me for the first time ever. I was I became a heel. I became turned heel. Is that fully loaded? No, it was uh, at the time. It made, precursor. It was yeah. Northern Outlaw Wrestling, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think at the time I believe Sam Ellis, yeah, and Dirty Ernie ran it. No, okay. no, maybe it was after them. Yeah, it might have been after them. Oh, okay. yeah, it was after. Them. It was in between. Yeah, 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 I don't know which, but I had a match with. Uh, another guy who was in NIW, uh, his name is Cornelius, he was uh, Malachite on the... Okay. Uh, and we we had a great reaction from the locker room. And, you know, some of the boys sat down with me and said, hey, man, I see it clicking. It's yeah. finally clicking. And that's when it clicked to me, like, hey, I'm learning. And I'm, it is, it's hard, man, for, you know, some people it comes natural. Like, you know... Yeah. Guys like young guys like Airwolf and his brother, yeah. and uh, the other uh, new guys that are, seems like they hit the ground running. But for me, it, it took a while, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's the thing that's been so fascinating to see a new generation of, of wrestlers coming out of Minnesota is they hit the ground running in, in many respects from a, from a training standpoint. But some of the things that I think that were integral to to, to you, to your brother, so, some people that kind of came out and came in with this this passion and then, you know, like you said, maybe felt like you had to make up some ground on the technical side of things or, or on the on the kind of uh, the kind of training side of things. You you had this identity and, and I think that Venom's always been one of those people that we can look at or even, you know, in previous incarnations uh, um, of, of the work that you've done, there's always been an attitude there's been a a a character you know like mm-hmm. a presence and i think that that's something that you know in the age of uh you know to not aggrandize jim Cornette talking about vanilla midgets but you know when when you have all of the technical skills or you have a kind of athletic gift but you may not be able to Articulate or connect with the crowd, mm-hmm. or have that personality or that character. I think that that's what's always been great, you know. Like, Prophet 
you I mean the whole mafia you know always like once once you guys clicked up and even beforehand I think that there was you always had this kind of swagger that that people either really liked or really hated and and I and depending on how you interact with the crowd you know it could make a I, you know real difference I still get this from some promoters yeah I have heat with a couple local promoters that I don't even talk to Really? Uh, yeah, and I don't know why, and I'm not gonna obviously I'm not gonna mention sure. names, but yeah. there's a couple shows that I'm, you know, the last few months. So my work schedule changed, mm -hmm. and I'm off every other weekend. So I'm like, hey, I want to get back out there and you know get get back moving around and, yeah. and doing doing my thing. So I tried to you know hit up a couple promoters. Yeah. And uh, you know they give you the oh yeah we'll keep you in mind we'll keep you in mind, yeah. and we all know what that means. Yeah. They might keep you in mind, probably not, but. Yeah. Uh, so I found out that you know through talking to some guys, I'm like, why was this? Why won't this guy get back to me? Like, and I I feel like Venom has heat with promoters because of my personality with sure. the crowd. Yeah, yeah. My interactions with the crowd. As Venom. As Venom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a couple. Uh, there's one that has heat with me because he says that I turned down training from him way back in the day. He said that I told him to fuck off. Over a and, decade ago. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. If you offered me training and offered me, I would never, ever tell anybody to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Especially this guy has trained a lot of, you know, the Minnesota guys. So. Yeah. But anyways, so I really feel like some people can't separate sometimes Venom from Andrew. Yeah. And Venom is me. Like, I know the cliche, turn the volume up to 11. Yeah, yeah. But Venom, growing up, you know, I started wrestling when I was late teens yeah and i was an angry guy yeah i had a temper and that's why i was called venom now i know there's comic book character and all that <laughs> stuff but i loved stone cold steve austin yeah i, I pretty much molded my mannerisms in the in the backyard to him yeah. so one of the guys was like you should just be called venom you're a yeah. dickhead and you know you spew venom yeah so i think that what you're saying is that I think I've, I've, some guys can't, don't, some guys still believe that that's me. Yeah. And that's not me. I'm, as you're going to see moving <laughs> forward, that's not me. I'm a lot of him. Yeah. I have a lot of him in me, like, but. That, that's, I mean, that's one song yeah. turned up to 11. And yep. I, I think that if you are a one-note wrestler, you can only turn it up to 11 in, in one instance whether you know maybe you can only turn up to 11 as a heel maybe you can only turn up to 11 as a face and I think that that's one of the things that the, the people that have stuck around and and been able to be successful on a local scene or you know get bookings outside the you know the Eric Cannons the Brian Cruz's the, the, the Darren Corbin's mm -hmm. you know um, and, you know and, and other people that have traveled but I mean just using those people from our scene you know those are people that at, at certain points in their career have been able to oscillate you know I mean yep I mean, even, you know, jokingly, I, I think I always joke with Cruz about this, like, depending on what entrance theme he comes out to. And I think, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not sitting down with uh, with Eric Cannon and joking with him about which which song he comes out to. But, you know, it, Eric Cannon coming out to the outfield is a lot different than Eric Cannon coming out to, you know, yeah, <laughs> Anarchy, his, the, the, yeah, in, the Anarchy in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it's funny is a lot of guys can do that. Like you said, yeah. oscillate back and forth. I'm I'm a natural born heel. Yeah. I am a dickhead. Yeah. When I get in that ring, that's 
my aggression. That's what, and I can do it as a face, but it's a little more awkward for me. And I was you a end up having to play that Stone yeah. Cold, that like tweener. Yeah. And know. I was a baby face for the first, geez, six years of my career. <laughs> I was a baby face. Going out, slapping hands and stuff, and I hate people. That's so funny. I mean, I don't like hate everybody, but I'm, you know, I moved out to to the country to yeah. get away from the city. Yeah. And I grew up in the city, so yeah. like I'm I'm not antisocial. I I like to socialize. Yeah. But I, I make this joke. I hate people. I'm, yeah. I, but I I hate some people. I love people, but I hate people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. I love people, but I hate them too. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So we'll take a little break, come back with Venom, dig into maybe what's next, uh, reflect back a little bit, and maybe grab another delicious beer here from oh, Wicked yeah. Wart and Robin Stale, Minnesota. This is Heel Turn Radio, episode 200, part two, with the King of Throwdown. Beers have been acquired, part two of part two of episode 200, back here at the Wicked Ward with Venom. It's here uh, for me. Yeah. In this beer. Cheers, cheers, man. Cheers. It's here for Venom. Yeah. Uh, one of the great Minnesota catchphrases, what now, uh, <laughs> profit, I am, the, the, uh, the absence of profit on the scene has been such a, a huge gap in the great catchphrase heel work. Especially Battleground. Yeah, you know, I will say, Prophet is probably top five opponent mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I love Prophet. Yeah. I, like, the wrestler, the guy, is actually going to be in my wedding next year. That's awesome. And he's been on commentary, which has been a great yeah. get for Battleground. I, I like that he's still around, because yeah. I, he's one of the first guys I ever met in Minnesota wrestling. Before he even uh, went to MPW, they did a... Cable access thing yep. in St. Paul way back, and I met. He was one of the first people I met, and uh, fast forward almost 20 years later, and he's one of my best friends. So. That's amazing. And he's he's a great. I hope he I hope he comes back someday. I hope so. That that heel injury was so devastating, you know. And it was just one of those things that just it was such a freak thing. And uh, you man. know, injuries when you're this age mm-hmm. and you got a family. It makes you think. Yeah. You know. Like, will that impede my mobility? Well, you know, going back to, to, to me, you know, same thing with him. He got hurt. I got hurt at Battleground. Hurt my knee. And I even back then, I think that was 2015, I blew my knee out. Yeah. Broke my leg or whatever. And I, even then I was thinking, hey, is this worth it? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm having a good time, but is this worth it? Because I got to be able to walk. You know, uh, 
If I have knee problems, then what's next? Mm-hmm. And a lot more is next. What now? Could, what now? Yeah, what now? <laughs> yeah. So I understand why he's make taking it slow. Yeah. I mean, uh, so so what now? I mean, you you've made the declaration. It's been great to kind of see this transition. As as you look back, are there are there moments where the the kind of uh, I, I don't know the 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 wrestling and the character and the person that you were are, are like a couple of things that you can look at and say like I, that's how I'd like Venom to be remembered. You know, honest to God, I haven't even really thought of that. Yeah. I just. You know, I know, like I said in the post on Facebook, I never really gained full confidence in the, I don't know, I wrote the character, I don't know if I really meant that. I meant the name, Venom. I kind of grew to hate it, but I was known as Venom, so I stayed, and I wish I would have had the guts or the creativity or the time to think of something better because sure. I think that maybe, but as far as how he's, rem- uh, like how I'm remembered, how Venom's remembered, you know, I, I hope people remember just, if it's not the in-ring work, but just that, you know, they remember a point in time when they interacted with me during a match. Yeah. I hope they remember some of my matches, you know, but I really feel like me, people always say this to me, your interactions with the crowd were some of my favorite things yeah. on the show. You like, I pay attention to the crowd. Yeah. Over the last few years, if I if we start going and we're starting to just go through the motions, I start feeling it's like an OCD thing. I'm like, oh, we got to go to the crowd. Maybe sometimes I do it too much. You know, I've had to pump the brakes with the let's hear it for me. I, I, mean, I remember one match I I watched back from like 2013 and I said it 18 times. So, but. <laughs> I hope that people just remember that, hey, this guy, you know, he hits hard and he, yeah. and he, uh, he's a dickhead and he pissed me <laughs> off. I mean, I think that that's what's, what's great about the fact that Venom in some ways to me is secondary to the, the King of Throwdown moniker. You know, like I think that there was something about um, adding that aspect to what Venom was that, that helped it really reframe the way that you interacted with the crowd or the kind of character itself that Venom was that guy that you may have always wanted to punch in the face but always wanted to punch you in the face back Mm -hmm. uh, or punch you in the face first that happened a couple times too (laughs) I've been attacked before yeah (laughs) Uh, I think it was one time in uh, maybe once I I know people have tried to get in the ring Uh, me and Cody Rice almost started a riot in some town in North Dakota. <laughs> a bunch of college kids, and they were. So it's funny because we'll let people in on this. In real life, I'm I'm big against anti-bullying. Yeah. Uh, body, uh, you know, body body positivity, yeah. all that kind of thing. And I learned that over the last few years with losing weight and then gaining it back. You know. If you don't have a positive outlook on yourself, yeah. you can, you know, it really, really affect you, and it's affected me. And and uh, but going, so going back to that, maybe at this point in time, I was a little less sensitive to the the bullying and the and the body shaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
there was a, a group of rowdy college kids. I think the whole crowd was college kids. Yeah. It was some offshoot show. I think it was in Michigan, North Dakota, for um, uh, Kurt Otterholtz. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back, yeah. And uh, I was calling, I called some chick fat, I think, or yeah. something like that. Something that I would never, ever do in real life. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, my first interaction with Ben. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I reached for the low-hanging fruit, Yeah. and my first interaction with him was making fun of his weight, and I, I, I've since told him that I really regret that, because that's, that's cheap, and that's uh, it's not really me. And I think, I, that, I think that you have been so good to pick on things that, that aren't low-hanging fruit, too, that when you, uh, you know, I think certainly, you know, anything... I mean, we, we do that in commentary too, right? Because well, yeah. some of us are heels. It's not called face yep. turn radio. Yep. Um, every once in a while, you'll say something, and you're like, "That was." I, there's so many more clever ways to do yep. that, you know. And For I, sure. And I think you always aspire to that, right? That thing that mm-hmm. somebody can't immediately like fight back against or feel bad yep. about, but like they they rail against immediately. When when I lost all the weight, I was really, really, really cocky. I developed a, a sort of chip on my shoulder in my real life, mm-hmm. and that quickly humbled me, you know. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from that, and I'm glad I went through that. But that was around the time that I had my first interaction with Ben, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I feel bad about that. But uh, <laughs> what, what was the question again? I'm rambling. I'm on. just looking back, like you were talking a bit about that North Dakota show, but like mm. moments that you feel like the king of throwdown, yeah. Venom, that can be remembered by, or, or things, certain yeah. matches or opponents or things that, as you move beyond Venom, that you look back on and you're like, you know, that was, that's pretty awesome. You well, know? the North Dakota thing, I, I started picking the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. And challenging college, drunk college kids to fights. Yeah. And uh, they were happy to oblige. <laughs> um, here's this, you know, 100, I was probably 199 pounds. Yeah. Talking to these they looked like they were athletes, yeah, bigger, big kids. big kids, kids that I would have wanted to fight in school, the kids yeah. that, you know, cocky ass, like, and uh, here I am beating up the, uh, the husky the husky heartthrob yeah. and calling everybody fat. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, I had to sneak out of the building that night. And uh, I really, uh, really, really entertained uh, um the uh, honky tonk man that night. Oh yeah, yeah. He thought it was, he thought it was funny. He's like, "You're a crazy honky asshole." Honky tonk was just at uh, Fortune Mania too, mm-hmm. and uh, man, he put on a show. Like they wrapped up, and he sang along to his theme song, which he's wont to do. But sang the whole thing, and the crowd was singing along with him. And it was just, it's one of those moments where, like, I know that some uh, legends have a reputation, and maybe even you know, honky tonk has always had the best reputation but I think that something that's always true about Venom or nearly always true about the, the interactions that you had is you always walked away having a feeling about the King of Throwdown and I think that that's something that's important you know like if you were being a badass like people were like like that dude like really put that like bad guy in its place and that's my goal I love when people come to me at the table Yes. And they say, hey, man, you're a fucking asshole, yeah. but I want to buy a shirt. Yeah. Or, you know. When you're a heel and funny. they're lining up, 
you your match was awesome, but it was funny what you said to that girl when she said this to you and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, that's all stuff, you know. I never had any go-to like lines to the crowd. I would feed off of what they said, mm-hmm. and depending on how many cold ones I had before the match, <laughs> would pretty much uh, dictate how far I went. <laughs> sure. You know, there was a match I had at Battlegrounds a couple summers ago with uh, Dynamite. Eric Walker, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dynamite Soul. Dynamite Soul. I Eric was the Walker. S. Yeah, was that went a little too far down the the race. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm not a racist. Yeah. And I know I pissed some people off that are actually friends, you know, that, that said, you know, that dude's a racist asshole. Well, I'm not. Yeah. Definitely not. Not even close. But it's what happens when I start having fun and the crowd starts reacting. There's definitely, I mean, it's easy to go overboard sometimes. Yeah. It's easy to... To in step that over that line, you feel, and I've yeah. done that a couple times. There yeah. was a time in North Dakota when I was wrestling Mr. Incredible that yeah. I did the same thing. Only this was up north, North Dakota, hole in the wall, which was actually the crowd actually reacted positively yeah. to it. They didn't get uncomfortably quiet like the like the St. Paul crowd. So I kind of regret those interactions. Yeah. I think we had a great match, and I know that he didn't, you know take offense to it because sure. I've worked with him many times too but uh, as far as that if somebody comes to me and says hey listen what you said was hilarious your match was great we'll remember that we'll remember you that was my goal and plus I like to work with the newer kids yeah and I show, mean, his, show them how slow you can work <laughs> yeah no I mean and how many flips you don't have to do I mean, and maybe that's something we could talk about before we talk about, you know, like, what's next for you. Because I think that one of the things that's been really interesting to see is Venom working with some of the people that have been coming up. And some of those people, like Airwolf, have moved to the top of some cards. But I think there's a lot of people that could work with someone like yourself that has good experience on the Minnesota scene. And like you said, you know... Uh, learn how to slow down. Learn how to uh, take listen, a moment to, to listen, interact with the card. You listen, if I mean? you're if you're a young guy and you're going to work with me, you're not going to be out of breath. <laughs> it's it's basically going to be me beating your beating your ass for, and then you, you know, kicking I, my ass. Uh, yeah, but I'll it's come a, back, yeah. you can you can go as crazy as you want, but my my stuff's going to be punch, kick, move. Yeah, <laughs> something something slower. You know. I, even when I lost a bunch of weight, I never, I love that slow pace and it, it allows me to slow things down, focus on the crowd, yeah. who, and focus and, you know, have my opponent, you know, stay close, look strong. And I think that that's something that, that brawlers do, you know, I mean, I think that one of the things uh, Ben King really talks about is that, like, efficiency of movement, right? Like, fighters don't run all over the place. Fighters don't chase their opponents. No. Fighters wait for their moment. And I I think that that's what it was always, regardless of where you were on the card or, or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, skinny, big, it doesn't make a difference. I think Well, I never changed. That's something that... You didn't change. I never changed my style. And I think that that's what was good is just, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit during the break about the opportunity to call a Venom match and how much I would have loved to do that because I think that there's something about Venom as a character it was always so enticing, it's, you know, even even when you slim down, that you stalked around the ring in the same way, you know, like, 
we talk about you know fighters that do that or or musicians that kind of like stalk around the stage there's there you you waited for your moment like you said you're not going to do everything you're not going to flip and you're not going to run you're going to do all this different stuff but you're going to wait for your moment and when you do that crowd's going to react to that so i i had many conversations with horace the psychopath yeah. Another great Minnesota brawler. Brilliant mind. Yeah. Too. Love talking to him. I miss him a lot. Things just haven't lined up to where we can... He lives like two hours away now. So. But um, that's an excuse. I should probably get a hold of him anyway. We should, we should too. We've yeah. never had him on the podcast. Oh, and he's God. like on our list. You guys could get probably eight or nine that and, uh, podcasts. That and Dr. The, Darren. Oh, yeah. Two fingers in the air. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Having many late night conversations with Horace about brawling and, you know, I, I gotta say one of the guys that I've learned the most from in the ring, on the job training, yeah. is Horace. Yeah. Hey kid, he didn't call me kid because he we were friends, so he would just say, hey man, we're yeah. gonna just go out there, just listen. Yeah. This is the, the this is what I want to do. This is what you're that you want to do. I'll tell you when. Yeah. And that's how I try to, you know. Proceed. Mm -hmm. That's how for a while I would just say, hey, we got this spot, this spot, this spot. You know, and after a while, you know, guys like Cody, I could do that with Cody where we know your comeback. We know what I normally hit. We could take, we took that on the road for North Dakota and for for here and we we did it the same. I mean, we changed it up. Sure. Different placement. Absolutely. And uh, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. This is what, this is what you do. This is what I do. I miss having Cody around for things like that because Cody's another guy like Venom that is such a good character and has such a good rapport with the crowd that you can have those one, two big moments that you might think of ahead of time or something that you want to switch up, but everything in between with people that have confidence in that kind of, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Quack, that, that kind of... You can have all these different moves, but you have a greatest hits. And if you can't just say, like, sit down with someone and say, here's my greatest hits, what do you want to do? And then say, hey, let's throw in this B-side. It's let's not, throw in this, yep, you know, for this exactly. match. Exactly. And the next time, you and, know, you throw in something a little bit different. But but the you're known for the Venom, you mm-hmm. know, and he's known for the Husky Heartthrob. And you know what? And here, that's what you want, you know? to, to your point, greatest hits, I've tried to always, and I feel like it's worked, and I feel like this is how you want to do it, play your... You're playing the greatest hits, but you're playing them in a different order. Yeah. Exactly. Or you're mixing in, like you said, B-sides. It's like if you're going to... Throwing gonna, in a drum solo, gonna, yep. introducing the band during different yep. songs. If, yeah. if you're going to do a concert, if a match is a concert, it's a different playlist. Yep. Every night, same songs. Yep. And and that's... like We'll go back to Cody, because I, th- I feel like I need to... When Cody moved away, it sucked. Yeah. Professionally, so, like, you know, personally, it sucked. Yep. You know, I don't talk to him. I don't see him as much as I used to. And he's one of my top five opponents yeah. as well. I, it's an easy night at the office, and it's... And it's going to be one of those that everybody talks to you it's about. It's seamless. Mm-hmm. We do this, like you said, we, we pay attention to the crowd. And man, like, I think Cody, I know he's out there doing the deathmatch stuff. Yeah. And I, that's fine, and, and I, you know, that's whatever he wants to do. I don't really have an opinion on that. Yeah. I don't think I would ever do it, but maybe, I don't know, yep. if I didn't have stuff that I want to stay stay upright <laughs> for, but I feel like he could be so much bigger on the normal indie scene, not deathmatch scene. I feel like people are missing the boat with that, 
and, and you know he's still traveling but I think he could do it a lot more and he's yeah. definitely one of my favorite guys out there right Absolutely. now not, yeah us too and not just because he's my buddy but because no. because he's so he's so entertaining in a, in a way that I think people well and I've seen and I, and I, I witnessed he was out of wrestling for a year or two years yeah and then he just came back and he had to fucking build up. Cannon didn't even want to use the Husky yeah. Heartthrob right away yeah. at First Avenue for Wrestlepalooza. He had to work to get that, and he's worked his ass off yeah. to get that over. Yeah. And goddamn, it's one of my favorite things. It is. It's so it's so good and it's and, so fun. And it, and genuinely, Cody can be one of those guys that is just you. You know, like you said, people can come up to you afterwards, even if you're a complete asshole. But you have those moments where people are like, "That was so good." Mm-hmm. And and to me, Cody is one of those guys too that has that rapport with the crowd, regardless of who he's facing. Where afterwards, you're just kind of like, "Man, I just want to go say hi to Cody." You know, like you, you want to take time out to go buy the merch. You want to go take time out to say like, "That was something that I." really enjoy so here's how I'll explain it and I think that a lot of the wrestlers will get this yeah and this is probably one of the better compliments you can give a wrestler so battleground you can't if you're not looking over the edge from where the wrestlers are you can't see the matches no you can just hear them so I sit back towards the bar imagine that and get dressed and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um you know when some of the newer guys are out there the crowd is a little quieter Mm -hmm. but when guys like Cody and Darren you can tell yeah. when someone's in it's there audible. Yeah. that knows what they're doing and I'm not saying none of these young guys don't know but somebody who's seasoned at doing it consistently and, that and can fucking work those yep. work those people into whatever they want yeah. Cody's a guy Darren Corbin's a guy yeah. and Cannon obviously is yeah. a guy Rob James is a guy yeah. you know that's another thing I, Rob James has been kind of scarce on the scene too Going yep. through his own stuff, we you know, but he's another guy that I think could, I mean, it, could could be working places. Yeah, I mean, and MIW bringing him in, I think, was smart. I think that him adopting a slightly different persona to work with uh, Chadwick Wentworth the Third, oh yeah, uh, I get, Parr, you know, I mean, and I that's, that's what that's, change will do, and that's exactly. you know, sometimes you're doing the same thing. What's the definition of it, of insanity? Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. That's the same thing with, with Venom. I was expecting a different result, but I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So moving forward, I think people confused my message as a retirement. Listen, when I retire, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I've always said, Slowly, you, yeah, you, you, you just don't yeah. go to shows anymore. It's not a, This isn't a retirable, you know, guys, maybe Cannon. When he retires, he he should say something because yeah. the guy fucking runs the Minnesota scene pretty yeah. much, you know. Yeah, he's the um, godfather of this generation yeah, of wrestling, I'm, and he probably doesn't. He probably fucking absolutely hates that moniker. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. you know. But there, you know, if there's a Mount Rushmore right yeah, let's, now, we talk let's, about this. Let's pump the brakes here, though. Let's not let Cannon fool guys. Yeah. He, he doesn't like recognition, but yeah. he's a fucking egomaniac, just like <laughs> all of us. He loves it. He secretly loves it, and he the guys. Yeah. The guy saved my career when, so, MPW closed, then NIW closed. Yeah. Andrew moved away to get the promoter. Yeah. Uh, I I was out in the wind. I didn't know where I was gonna go. Thank God for Eric Cannon taking a fucking 
overweight 23 year old and saying hey come to one of the most popular venues in Minnesota and do your thing yeah. and he, he trusted me and you know I feel like for the most part I didn't let him down but I love First Avenue and I love yeah. I love I mean, working the opportunity for to perform at First Avenue I mean shit Jesus and, and you know I would, I, would, I would like to go back and play the drums again just so I could go sit in on a session of any band that would ever play in the 7th Street entry let alone the main room and you know what's funny is as much as I miss wrestling at First Avenue and all that stuff, I and imagine. I miss Wrestlepalooza, and I'm thankful that I got to do it for so many times. Yeah. Jesus, I, I feel like from first wrestling when it started until... Cause, I mean, because you wrestled there in, in the pre-Wrestlepalooza era yeah. as well. For which years. A lot of people I don't think really realized that yeah. first ran... Two, 2008, there. I think. Yeah. And Russell Blues didn't start really until two thousand oh, was actually after I I came back because I came back in twelve two thousand eleven and I think they started I started going I think my first was four or five and I've been to everyone except for the last one I was out of town for a conference but I've been to everyone five through twelve thirteen fourteen whatever yeah, I, they I just know. had fifteen so I think I've been to ten in a row. Yeah, but, not, yeah, but I mean, there's there's this entire era of first wrestling. So I think I missed up until rest, uh, up until the last one I did was June at First Avenue was June of 2017, right before I started my new job. Yep. And I had to cancel his VFW show. Yeah, the Valentine one. Yeah, and since then I've just been doing his summer stuff. Yeah. When when available, but man, I I'm so thankful that I got to do it there. That's my favorite venue. Obviously, that's probably a lot of guys' favorite venue. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can you can beat First Avenue. No. And, you know, going back to what it changed, and, you know, Rob James changed it up, and he's doing doing his thing in MIW. I know he enjoys it. Um, I know he's trying to get a little healthier uh, before he hit, starts hitting the scene hard again. I think he's... For me, I feel like he's just, he wants to gear back up and go yeah. full full in. For me, you know, I, people confused my post as a retirement. It was just me saying that I need to change. And uh, I need a change. And something that I wish I would have done, I wish I would have had the confidence to do years ago. Sure. Be more of myself. Now, Venom was myself, but it was one part of myself. Yeah. I'm, there's different layers, as cliche as that sounds, but... <laughs> To, yeah. to me, obviously. Yeah. And now I'm going to, hopefully, if all things go well, hopefully everyone will get to see a new layer. And uh, I know we've been we've been testing it a couple times. And yeah. it seems to work pretty well. So we're just trying to get, get out there and do it. So yeah. I don't have a name. I don't have any kind of... That's all stuff in the works. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. And, it, you know... It, it might not be anytime soon, but it's going to be. I know we got a couple dates next year. Uh, we're doing a, a tag team thing, and nice. so I'll be around. But I, I thought it was time to say goodbye to Venom, and it was hard. It really was. Because people say, "Wow, well, it's just you're still you," but yeah. Jesus, I, twenty but that's years. That's an aspect of you, right? That, that's a that's a mask you wear, and I think that people, you know, whether they're wrestlers or whether they're out in public, you know, we all have masks that we we put on for certain people and i think that when you're 
comfortable in that, you know, that person you are in public. Like you said, you know, you love hate people, but you hate people. So here's the here's the thing. Yeah, and I've changed so much as a person. Being be, when I started Venom, I was an angry person. I was a bitter person, and maybe not in maybe the wrestling seemed the same. I learned a lot wrestling wise, but just a, as a human being, I've grown up so much, yeah. and I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I look at things positively. I'm big on positivity. Yeah. You know, being out of wrestling the last two years due to you know my goals in life and stepping away was very hard. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is that my best years, maybe I wrestled 50 times in a year, so I never really had a 100% active schedule. I think I averaged maybe two shows, three shows a, a month. Yeah. Pretty okay. I mean, it's yeah. a good run, but like. I thought it would be easy to walk away, you know, when in 2000, beginning of 2017, wrestling got a little negative yeah. for me with different promoters, business things that happened that sure. that got, that, that pissed me off and soured me a little bit. And then I, I stepped away, focused on real life stuff. And then of course, last year, all of a sudden I, I hurt myself and uh, bulging discs in my back and I still feel that to yeah. this day. So my my work got a little like rigid, more rigid. Yeah, and I mean, you have to adapt to that. There's no way you can be the same person, no. especially. I mean, I think back injuries. My father had a back injury. Uh, you know, I think that it's one of the most difficult things to deal with because some of the things that you want to do, you can't. And so you, it's not only that you. It's it's not that you can't do them necessarily, but you need to find new ways to do them, and that that can be a really that can be a really humbling thing, yep. Um, and it can be a very frustrating thing because there's just you want so badly to be able to be capable of those things. And I think for anybody in our age bracket, right, there are things that start to be become difficult in a way that you've never anticipated or experienced before. And and a lot of those young guys that are out there, they're not experiencing that. And when they do, they're healing. Mm-hmm. You know, in a month, in two months, and that you don't bounce back as quick. So in 2009, I was probably almost 200 pounds overweight. Yeah. And I was moving around, jumping around, taking, you know, all the all the crazy bumps that I could, and do, you know, doing dives, and yeah. and I'm like, I'm bulletproof, man. This, uh, this stuff doesn't affect me. Yeah. Fast forward to 2017, 18, 19, I just. I wrestled that match at uh, Battleground, the, my last Venom match. Yeah. Um, people, I want to say this. I'll go back to this, but I don't even. There was blood in the ring. I have no idea how there was blood, and yeah. I'm like, I'm good. I feel good. I feel great. And then I rip my elbow pad off, and I'm bleeding down my arm. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And I had three stitches. They had to cut a bunch of yeah. cut a bunch of fat off. Yeah. Uh, Still good. A bunch of skin and fat. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? So I feel and through my elbow pad. So I feel like I'm not bulletproof anymore. Yeah. So now it's time. Couple with that that match. That's when I realized. Like I did the match three way. It was okay. I mean, I felt it was a. It was a good match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like I wasn't. I, I when I get out there as a bigger guy nowadays. As a, in comparison to you know back when I wrestled, yeah. it's not the same. I feel restricted. 
I feel like I can't. Like a couple times I had to climb in the ring really fast yeah. and, it, and I just couldn't get up as fast as I could. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to lose weight. You yeah. know, I, that's something that's important to me. I still like fitness. I still, you know, I still know how to do it and I'm going to do it again. But the, being a big guy and that opened my eyes to, hey, maybe I should change some things. Yeah. It wasn't miserable being Venom. I'm just not that guy. Yeah. You know, I could be him and I could do it, but I'm something different and I feel like something that would really resonate with the crowd and get a reaction. And listen, I'm always going to be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, I'm not coming back as right, like. But that's what's great, right? Like to be able to embrace a different aspect of yourself and say, you know what? This is going to connect with people. And right now, that's the me I need to turn up to 11 mm-hmm. to be yep. happy and, and to, 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 to stretch myself. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I've always found like to be most engaging about. Uh, you know, one of my, one of my uh, uh, colleagues kind of framed this entire thing for the way that people worked and they talked about how you always need stretch in the way that you're working like to, to, to have aspirations or have goals and to have the things you're good at like isn't enough mm-hmm. you know like it's not just about the technical things and it's not just about the aspirational or the emotional things like you really have to have that stretch that like pushes you in some way. I really believe and I've learned this at a, an older age than I wish I would have that That's challenge do, yeah. challenge and challenging yourself is the greatest thing in this world. Every day I wake up now, and this is going to sound like a fucking cliche again, but I'm telling you the truth. I was at my lowest point within the last year. You know, we can sit here and talk about mental health, and and I've had to deal with that. We had a lot of things that happened personally in my personal life with my family and and, and health things. Mm -hmm. Nothing, you know, something really scary happened with my fiancé. And it put me, it put us through the ring. Yeah. Obviously, the first thing that you stop paying attention to is your physical health yeah. and your mental health because you're trying to, to medicate yourself. Yeah. And I'm not saying I went on a binge of pill take, and I didn't. I never, yeah. I barely even drank, but I, I abused food. Yeah. And that was a way to get through this very, very hard there's time. There's comfort in it, and there's also comfort if, if that's something that can provide comfort to that person that you see is hurting. You, you mm-hmm. put that in front of other, in front of your own, your own necessities yep. or your own kind of yep. prioritization of, of those things. And, and I, I and I used food because my job is a, is a tough job. Yeah, it's a hard environment. I was going through all this shit, and, and you know, it's all right now. I, I tell myself, don't make excuses, don't be lazy. That's the number one thing that I live by. Lazy, to me, is a four-letter word. Yeah. I hate laziness. I see it every day yeah. in different things, and, and I aspire to not be that. And we all have lazy days. Yeah. Fuck, today's a lazy day for me. I had shit that I could get done, but I wanted to come talk to you. But I really, the last year, I think it's important to realize how far I've come in the last year by realizing where I was. Yeah. I was abusing food to a point where, you know, some people might go, you weren't eating that much, but it was, I took, it's for the a, last, it wasn't good. for the last yeah. four years, I, I, I ate the same thing every day, I worked out two hours every day, and I was just gung-ho, and yeah. it's funny how, I thought, I can do this forever, and it's funny how life kicks you in the dick, yeah. <laughs> and brings you right back down to earth, and humbles your ass, yeah. 
and that's what happened. You know, things happened, and I wasn't able to, to, you know, the first thing that goes. And then coupled with that and being out of wrestling for a while, it made, and I'm not blaming this because I'm not bitter. Yeah. I realized what happened, but at the, at the wrong time, my career started winding down. Like, yeah. I started doing spot, and I wasn't able. It wasn't that I couldn't. It was just that I wasn't able to with yeah. work. And with all the other things, and I never realized, because I, like I said, I never worked a full schedule, yeah. like a full, like, Darren Corbin, Eric Cannon sure, type yeah. schedule. Multiple times a week. I really wish Multiple I could have, and I really wish I would have took the chance and got out there more. But when it, when I wasn't able to do it, it took its toll on me. Yeah. I would, it was to the point where I would mute everything on Twitter about indie wrestling. Yeah. And it, people may say, well, that's bitter. But I never was like, fuck that. I should yeah. be on those shows. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm, I'm self-aware. I know that guys now, the wrestling is changing. Yeah. And you said that I've weathered through, you know, a couple different eras. Different yeah. eras. This era, is, it's, it's tough for a, a guys that, that have, you know, other things going on on the side. Yeah. You... These kids are hungry, man. There's and a that's, lot of and hungry I, people and there's and a I, lot of opportunities. And I, I think that, that, you know, to your point about lazy being a four-letter word, I think that one of the things that's the most difficult thing is parsing out, you know, a lazy Sunday of recharging versus indifference. And I think that that's, you know, yep. you know in listening to you, what, what, you know, makes us angry about people that, that have these opportunities that are, are indifferent to them, or, you know, you know, rather than just saying like you know what I need a lazy day you know for me and I think that I think that that's a really difficult thing when you're trying to provide a lazy day in a good way to somebody Mm -hmm. Uh, oftentimes you know like you said it can slip into indifference and I hope people things a lot of people take me wrong sometimes and I feel like I feel like I have to say this because I don't want people to think that well if I relax you know this douchebag is talking about me no I'm talking about full effort yeah. on everything you try. Yeah. So this is where this change comes in. I ask myself, do I want to be done? Hell no, I don't want to be done. Yeah. I'm only 36 years old. I think I've had a good run. Venom had a great run. Yeah. I'm thankful for everything I did, and I'm thankful for the promoters that took a chance on me, even though there's a lot of... Early on in my career, there was a lot of guys that told them not to. Yeah. Just the politics of, of, of the sure. way it was. Yeah. Weathered that moved on mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful for what I got to do but now I want to challenge myself now I've been bottom yeah. I've been pissed and and angry that I haven't been on the shows but I feel like right now listen I'm not going to go out and work yeah. 50 times a year anymore just with my life yeah. and with my with the way that my priorities it's not going to happen but I feel like I could go out and maybe average a show a, a month and bring something to a yeah, show. Something to offer. I feel like yeah. I do. I hope. I hope there's promoters out there that will take, will take a chance on this new thing that we're doing. Yeah. And I really feel like they will. It's just taking a little while. Sure. And I think they just need to see it. Yeah. So eventually, it'll be out there. We'll be all on social media. Everything will change. And um, you know, I gotta thank the people who have taken a chance on me this far. I gotta think. You know, a guy that doesn't get a lot of. Of thanks is Mike Harrington from ba- Battleground. Yeah. He hated me for the <laughs> longest time. I don't know why. I think it's because I was one of the only yarder guys yeah, that yeah. would ask him for money. Yeah. But I was trained. I was told very, hey, know your worth. Yeah. Know your worth. Absolutely. And so I would ask him for money, and I don't. I don't know if that. 
I don't know. I've never yeah. talked to him about it, so I'm just guessing that he's like, get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to pay this guy. Yeah. But uh, we, had, we had an agreement. So then fast forward to his Perry Saturn show. I hadn't worked for Battleground in years. And my early career, I worked for him all the time. And so I just came up to him and said, hey, man, do you hate me? <laughs> and he goes, no. And I said, let's go. I'm ready yeah. to work. Yeah, let's do this. And ever since then, he took a chance. And I feel like I've been able... He's one of the only guys that has given me storyline. You've been showcased. Yeah, and, Venom was showcased yeah. in Battleground. And, and, and in a very effective way for not only making Venom into the one of the most reliant heels, but also in making some of the people that I, I feel are really coming up into Battleground now. They're, if you're going to make your bones in Battleground for a long while, you needed to go up and be brave enough to punch Venom in the face. Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta say this. I thank him, and this is not because I'm not. I have no battleground dates. Yeah. We've talked. Me and Mike have talked. Yeah. Who knows? He might, he might bring us in. Yeah. Right now, it's not in the cards, and that's fine. That's that's. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still gonna say battleground is one of the most bang for your buck. Absolutely. Tickets in town. Absolutely. It may be in a shitty building, but it's got <laughs> it's got personality. You're never going to go to Battleground and see. You're you're never going to go to Battleground and not see good wrestling. And I think that that's one of the things that that, that Harrington and Battleground can hang their heads it's on. It's come a long way. Yeah. yeah, a long way. But I know and every listen. time I go, regardless, even if I've seen a match before, right? If I've seen those people before, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit there for the what, like twelve dollars. And I, that is going to be the best $12 that I spend all month because I'm going to see at least six solid-ass matches with with new guys and gals that are coming up and, and with people that can hold their own in the ring against other veterans, against the up-and-comers, against the kind of, you know, the rookies. And, and everybody's going to be telling a story in some way, shape, or form. There's always something... This you is, know. you know, this is gonna sound stupid, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I'd say stupid if, shit all the if time. If WrestlePalooza is Minnesota's version of NXT, sure, yeah. Great shows, hot crowd. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's Battleground is Minnesota's ROH or sure. you know so, something like that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, and this is not. I'm, I will promote every. I have no dates. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have no... Nothing, I have yeah, yeah. No, nothing to gain by any of this, but I'm just telling you, if anybody is complaining about the $12 increase in price, yeah. they're absolutely Insane. fucking crazy. Yeah. Because, you, first of all, the, the show starts at 6. Which is phenomenal. You get out of there by 9 o'clock. Go to Barlow Shore. Go to Barlow, which it, yeah. I can't... <laughs> we have a fantasy football draft coming up in September. We're, we're doing it there. I haven't been there in a while. I... Bar Luchador is my favorite. Yeah, I mean spot. they just celebrated their fourth anniversary, their fourth birthday, fourth anniversary, whatever. Angelo, everybody there is is so good to the wrestling community, and I love. I mean that's one of my favorite things. Go to a battleground show, go get some tacos with everybody. And if you like home. tacos, yeah, it's the best tacos yeah. I've I've had in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Honestly, it's the best tacos I've had. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a better taco, and I I don't. It's just, you know, the food's always great. They, they treat the wrestling community, not just the wrestlers, but the wrestling community, so great. You yeah, know? if you ever want to go eat at a restaurant and have my ugly mug stare down at you and <laughs> all the all the other big 
sweaty, ugly guys from. But uh, Battleground, I think, is a good. And also, I love, obviously, Russell Palooza. Yeah. You, my God, what what it what it's built to, and yeah. I mean, Eric Cannon. Obviously, we uh, I've already sung his praises, so that's all he gets. But. <laughs> But but I you know I think that's what what's been great about that is there are shows like this upcoming Bauhaus show this weekend that have Jimmy Havoc and all, all of these other amazing talents on it Allison Kay and 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 they're bringing people in but there's also these great summer shows where they feature young up and coming Minnesota talent some that that Cannon has trained some that he hasn't um, you know veterans Cannon switches scene. it up he he's got his guys. And he uses them pretty, you know, uh, Airwolf, yeah. Corbin, uh, but he's, he's cycling. It used to be Cruz, yeah. me, uh, Cody, um, I'm trying to think, like, you know, obviously Wildcat and Frog yeah. are still, but he cycles the, the Minnesota 6%, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, and Rob James. But it's like, we just, saw, we just saw JDX versus Laura, the last VFW show. Oh, God. And, uh, and uh, Devon Monroe against Brandon Gore. And man, those two guys both got crazy reactions from the crowd. You say that uh, Monroe, that, yeah. the, that kid is, listen, <laughs> I know uh, this isn't the beer talking about. Yeah. That kid, he looks like somebody that, you know, would deliver a pizza to your front door. He's, I mean, he's in shape, but he's, he's, he's tiny. He's lean, yeah. But that kid will kick your ass. He moves so And you fast. won't even know it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he. I enjoyed watching him. I really enjoy, um, obviously Airwolf. Yeah. Uh, his brother to Dorado's. me. Dorado is going to be huge. Yeah. Now a lot of this, you know, I say this. I mean, he's got to graduate high school first. Yeah. After got, that, they have to grow up a little bit, you know, <laughs> because here's the only thing that concerns me, and it, so far it hasn't happened. And I say this with everybody: is yeah. that you blow up when you're that young. Hopefully you can keep your 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 um, your mind right, yeah. and listen to the right people, yeah. and yeah. not you know let your ego get in the way. Because honestly, if he if he listens to Cannon Corbin, yeah, they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, as long as you know they you gotta do things the right way. But yeah, congratulations those those guys. I remember those guys used to come watch shows. I know, and used to come talk talk <laughs> to me and ask me. <laughs> things and stuff and now yeah shit i need a, I need their number i need to call and ask them things no doubt I, the, how favorite, do you do a my flip? favorite stories was cody and airwolf working together on cody doing a flippy boy spot it was like one of the most most kind of like you know i don't want to say like heartwarming stories but it was one of those moments where you're like you know what minnesota wrestling does things right because you have these moments where you know we can sit down objectively and you can look back at all the things you've done right, the things you've done wrong, and you can look at this next generation of people and saying, you know what, I still have something to contribute and I, I can't, I'm not going to do it the way that I did it because I don't think that's the best way to do it. I want to do it this new way because mm-hmm. I want to be able to still contribute to that. And to me, I think that, that speaks volumes to you as a person participating in the in the Minnesota scene, and I think that you know is one of the reasons why we have jettisoned so much of the national, international, you know, the the, the very commercial, professional wrestling in lieu of talking about independent wrestling, especially in Minnesota, because it's 
it's those stories and those moments and those people right that you care about you know missing someone like Cody Rice you know rooting for people like Dorado and Wolf and Monroe and you know all these other amazing people, I hope you know. I always have I was just telling my fiance this maybe a couple weeks ago I hope that I am blessed with the ability to be around these kids and talk to them and maybe maybe just give them any kind of if they if they ask me any kind of advice or I just hope that I'm blessed with that to be able to help yeah. even if they don't trust the guys have their guys that they rely on yeah, you know absolutely. You, but I've been around so I feel like I can at least tell you how to get to work the crowd at yeah. least you know, if you don't agree, if you don't work my style, I'm not going to give Airwolf tips on doing an arm drag because I don't fucking know how to do an arm drag. I've never done an arm drag in my life. Yeah. I know Ben Saylor called an arm drag one time, and I was like, dude, no. No. Hang it happen. No. And this is when I was skinnier. He was like, oh, arm drag, hip top. I'm like, go the fuck away. I, and I love Saylor, and I, you know, and I love the the other guy, the Wildcat. I yeah, think yeah. one of my favorites, too. But um, real quick, I know we're wrapping up and, yeah. and stuff, but I do have to feel like it's important to acknowledge the people who are integral people who whatever word I'm looking for integral in helping me out like North Dakota they get a bad rap some deserving some not but I gotta thank Sam Ellis Dirty Ernie yeah you know those guys brought me out there I learned a lot on the road about traveling and about business not from those guys, but from traveling. Sure. Uh, Wade Williamson, Mark Holter, other other guys that kept taking a chance on bringing me out there with, you know, Corbin, Cannon, and, and I feel like some of the best times I ever had as Venom was in the state of North Dakota. Yeah. And uh, without that, obviously Jared and, and Aaron more recently for yeah. uh, for Fully Loaded, without North Dakota, I don't think my I don't think we're talking now. I think that my career probably would have ended a long time ago because yeah. I was so self-conscious about not having dates and getting if if wrestling disappeared for a while and I wasn't getting bookings, I would just stop trying and yeah. those guys kept me going. Kept I had a monthly booking from them, I had a monthly booking from from Mike and and when not everybody would give me that. And I want to thank those guys because you know, I don't think a lot of people thank those guys. Don't get thanked enough for you know, and you know, you can argue they ran their promotion, whatever they did business-wise. I'm just saying they let me come out there, yeah. do my thing, took care of me very, very well, yeah. and prolonged this Venom character to where we are now. And moving forward, I look forward, and I, like I said, I, I hope I'm blessed with the opportunity to be around Minnesota wrestling some more. And uh, when I announced it, when I posted that post, I got a lot of people who reached out. Some people made suggestions like, hey, if you're not gonna wrestle, you still gotta be a manager and and you still gotta be, and I, I wanna thank those people for reaching out and showing me that, you know, telling me that I need to stay around. And yeah. A lot of people reached out, a lot of people thanked me and honestly, going into this, I didn't even think anybody would care. Sure. I, and that's just maybe me, my self-conscious self, but I honestly didn't think anybody would give a shit about it. But it was real nice to see the, the reaction. And I still got a, a few more days of, of posting some memories and 
and then Venom will disappear forever and we'll move forward and yeah, see what's next. Get to know the, the next layer. Well, I mean, when you posted, I think that, you know, we both looked at that and I, you know, I looked at it and I was like, did I just see the last Venom match? And, and you know, one of the reasons I reached out was, you know, I, wa I wanted to say how much I enjoyed Venom and, and that if that was the last Venom match, that regardless of how you felt about it or anybody felt about that match, that match to me is is something that that when you look at the career of Venom is is a, you know it's a door closing. Um, but at that time it, it didn't felt, feel like that, right? I felt like it, it had the same enthusiasm and the same uh, uh, let's hear it from me that, that it always had. And I, and I think that that to me, is the best way to, to be able to go out. And like you said, you know, if somebody's closing the door on a career forever, you know, maybe you have that that uh, that farewell match. But I, I loved that that you came to that that moment and and shared it with everybody and, and I knew know, going in. I, I knew yeah. that it was it going yeah. in. I uh, I never give half ass in the <laughs> ring. I can't I can't. I mean you you're in there and you guys you're in there, and you're, people are trusting you. Absolutely. You know, and that's. I appreciate you reaching out, and I appreciate you letting me come on. And congratulations, by the way. This thing has been, it's been awesome to listen. I, I do listen every once in a while when yeah. I can, and uh, I, I play it at work in the jail. So uh, people, <laughs> I'm sure some of the people in there have heard. So there might yeah. be some some people getting out of jail that'll that'll yes. hit you guys up. Frequent and, the Minnesota wrestling you know, scene. People have asked me what I'm listening to because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of wrestling fans where I work, and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, congratulations! This is 200 Thanks, episodes. Holy shit! I, I mean, I, to me, I think that we're excited to move into a new era, and we're excited for you to move into a new era. And, and for me, when we were looking at people locally that we could have as a person to interview, um, with you making this transition, I think it's such a great, such a great moment. I think for for us and for you and for for the Minnesota scene to to be able to continue to to benefit from from your presence. You know, I mean, it's. And I appreciate that, and I hope I hope people feel that way. And I'm honored, and I'm humbled by the response. And I know that, you know, maybe it's the negativity in me coming out when I say that I don't think people would would care. But honestly, like to me, I've already moved on, sure. and I've already started building on this. And I had a couple conversations with guys, and they've kind of said, "Do your thing, man. You, yeah. you still still got time." Yeah. I'm not broken down by any means. The back is healing and everything is getting better. So uh, I really do appreciate everybody reaching out. I appreciate your kind words. And I'm humbled, man, and I'm, I'm excited. Like, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not going to be a full run, but it's going to be whoever will have me. Yeah. I look forward to working with everybody, every Minnesota promoter, and hopefully mending some bridges that, that mistakenly were burned down, or maybe I did do something, but I, I'm going to reach out that to everybody. Been, maybe. That was yeah, that's something different, you know? <laughs> and now I look forward to moving on, and I'm excited for people to see the new, the new character and uh, the new merch and everything that comes along with it, and I'm excited to, to be refreshed, and yeah. I want to get out there, and I want to wrestle the new guys, and I want to... I want to wrestle the, the guys that I love, and I want to wrestle everybody. So That's awesome. Wrestling is still a big part of my life. It's just not the part, and I don't want to get in the way of anybody that it is, but I feel like I can jump in and help out and, awesome. and contribute. So that's what that's the main goal, and uh, hopefully I didn't ramble too much. No, man. I, I, this has been fantastic. We're looking forward to the next part of, of your career 
Um, we're gonna be talking with uh, with uh, Nick from the Undercard Podcast, another you know pro- podcast that started up that's talking about you know, other people on the scene uh, in our commentary lives. Man, I hope we can toss on the headsets and call oh, yeah. what's next for, for you sure. at some point. For um, sure. We just... So get out there when uh, when the next phase comes. We will have you back on, and we will talk about where people can see you. Um, and when that comes, go out and see them. And if you're booking him, book us because we want to call some matches. Thanks, yeah, man. yeah. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, a lot better tone than, than the last uh, <laughs> the last one we were on. Hey, uh, episode 200, it's a celebration, bitches. Yeah, let's celebrate. <laughs> More beer. Absolutely. Let's so, hear it for me. Part two, let's hear it for Venom outgoing and uh, for what's next. We'll see you for part three on Friday. This has been Heel Turn Radio at the Wicked Ward, and we will see you out of the shows. Yeah.